0: Hi, I'm Erica, and I'm a queer, neurodivergent member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. I'm on a mission to spread empathy and create inclusion and understanding. I'm so glad you're here. Okay, everybody, making a podcast is a little bit harder than I expected. I've recorded this episode a couple times already. And the first time I wrote everything out and I pride myself, um, of being like a good writer, not great at like conversation. So, <laughs> so the first recording went really well cause I would written it out, but it just sounded a little bit too scripted and it, like kind of too formal, but you gotta bear with me because I do consider myself neurodivergent. I am autistic and so like conversation is not always my strong suit sometimes i talk too fast sometimes i pause awkwardly and sometimes i go on monologues about my favorite current things (laughs) but we're going to try this because i want this to be a conversation i want to sit down with you i want to feel like we are friends i want to just have a casual conversation but about important topics so a little bit about me um Okay, just like fun random facts. I love animals. So if you're familiar with um, people who are autistic, we tend to we one of the things that characterize us is having special interests. My special interest, my entire life has been animals. I've had others come and go as well, but like I have always been solidly invested in animals and knowing everything about them, researching them, taking care of them, daydreaming about them. My favorite imaginary pet was a Dalmatian when I was a child. She was very beautiful. (laughs) And we also went on spy adventures together. We were like secret agents. So anyways, (laughs) now that you have a glimpse into how my mind works, um, I started this podcast because I am super passionate about creating inclusion and embracing diversity, especially within the context of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So I'm an active member of this church, and I really believe in it. I believe in the restoration of the gospel. I believe in the Savior, Jesus Christ. I believe in a Heavenly Father who loves us and that we are all children of God. Um, but I have gone through a lot of experiences in the past several years that have really altered my perspectives, have shaken my faith and caused me to question, and ultimately have made me feel like a more authentic person. and have really made me feel like a more authentic believer in Christ as well. Um, So a couple of like more serious facts about me are that I am a mother. I have three young children. The oldest is six years old. Um, I'm a wife. I'm married to Seth, who is, I think, the most kind, wonderful man that I could ever meet on the earth. (laughs) Yes, I'm biased, but he is really a wonderful person. And if you get to know him, you'll agree with me. Um, And let's see, I was born into the church, but like I've realized recently that I take things very literally. So that phrase feels very odd to me. (laughs) I wasn't born in a church. I wasn't born in a church building, but I was born to two parents who both believed in this gospel. And my mom is a convert to the church. Um, She was baptized when she was 18 years old. But um, me, myself, I'm not a convert in that sense of the word. But I do think of myself as a convert. Because I think everybody who really believes in the gospel of Jesus Christ or in Jesus Christ, period, is a convert to him. Because what has caused me to believe in this church and the teachings here Um, Is not that I was born into this church, but it's my own converting experiences. And a lot of those have happened in unusual ways over the past like four years. Um, So I was like very invested in the gospel as like a teenager. Starting when I was about 11 or 12 years old, I became really deeply interested in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in the scriptures and in absorbing everything I could about um, Christ's teachings. Now that I understand that I'm autistic, I would label the gospel as my special interest throughout my teenage years. Of course, I had other special interests as well, like music, playing the tuba specifically, and also animals, horseback riding, um, languages. I love studying languages of all kinds. But my special interest, my hyperfixation of those years when I was a teenager was definitely Chinese, studying Chinese. But anyways, during that time, I had a very, very strong interest in the gospel. And I became like a very invested um, follower of Christ. Like I would study the scriptures for like hours at a time every day. Okay, not every day, sometimes 15 minutes, sometimes an hour every single day. I would pray on my knees morning, night, um, write in my journal. When I was old enough, I drove myself to the temple to do baptisms for the dead. So I was just very committed. (laughs) I got a lot of comments on like, wow, you're, you know, like people really admired that. And they really admired my commitment to the gospel and my testimony. The crazy thing is that like four-ish years ago, um, when my world kind of fell apart, like I I became converted in the gospel in like a whole new way. So about four years ago, I had a huge health crisis. My physical health and mental health just completely failed me. I was experiencing like so many symptoms. I had swelling in my face and um, stomach. I had stomach aches, nausea, headaches all the time, constant fatigue. Um, I was bedridden for like six weeks straight at one point. I was going to hospitals, doctors, nobody could figure it out. Um, Long story short, okay, I also had like really severe anxiety and like really deep depression and also OCD, but none of that was diagnosed and I didn't recognize any of it as being that either. I thought it was kind of okay mentally. I knew that, <laughs> oh, this is sad to say, and but maybe some people will understand is that when you are like used to being severely anxious, you just don't see it as being unusual or a problem. It just feels like regular life and you assume that other people experience the same thing. I also wasn't able to identify my depression at the time, But now looking back, I can see that I was, like, deeply depressed. Um, A long story short, like, my journey included recognizing the anxiety and taking medication, um, making huge changes in my lifestyle and my diet, and eliminating a lot of different foods from my diet that my body was reacting to. It also involved... um, going on from getting treated for anxiety to then start recognizing the ocd and get diagnosed with ocd which answered so many of my questions that i had from like from when i was a very young child of like recognizing like i feel different something different is different about me and so getting diagnosed with ocd was like very eye-opening for me and made made a lot of things make a lot of sense i went through several rounds of intense intensive treatment for ocd the kind of like gold standard for treating OCD is called ERP, or exposure and response prevention therapy. And it based on research, it really works. And it can like have great outcomes for someone with OCD. And it did for me, it had great outcomes for me. During that time of navigating OCD, I was dealing with like a lot of um, same sex attraction. And that was extremely triggering for me, it would send me into OCD spirals. I was also dealing with a lot of overstimulation, which I didn't label at the time. I didn't understand at the time, but now I see that because I'm autistic, I have a lot of sensory overload and certain sounds are very overwhelming and triggering for me, um, certain sensations. So anyways, there was a lot of layers happening. Um, So, And also during the OCD phase, I was kind of going through a faith crisis because I was like, wow, Since I was very young, I've been like really dedicated to this, this faith, like this church. And I was doing all the things that I was supposed to be doing. But then like, even though I was doing the scripture study and praying, like I stopped feeling the spirit. And that was the promise that was made to me is like, if I followed Christ and kept his commandments that I would have the Holy Ghost to be with me all the time. And I didn't feel it. I went for six to 12 months, and I just did not feel it. Instead, I felt severe anxiety and loneliness and a deep sense of isolation, and I didn't feel like I belonged um, really anywhere. So that was a hard time. Like, thinking about it, it's still hard to think about because it was just such a really confusing, like, deeply overwhelming and um, discouraging time of life for me. The beautiful thing is kind of like the phoenix rising from the ashes, um, like through small steps and small means, which now I, I see as being like these divinely inspired little steps that came through my mom or my sister or my dad or my friends or my husband or my children, or, you know, this support system around me, like piece by piece and doctors and like functional medicine doctors and mental health therapists piece by piece. Like I got the help that I needed. And yeah, that included medication, OCD diagnosis. And then after many rounds of OCD therapy, realizing that I was autistic. Because after all that OCD treatment, I was like, I've got this. Like my life is pretty good now. I don't fall for OCD anymore. Like I'm beyond that. (laughs) I I should be happy now, right? And one day my sister just had like an honest question for me. She's like, are you really feeling happy? And I just kind of broke down and said like, no, and i don't know why and not knowing why it can be like really scary that's a scary moment when you're like i everything is in line that i should be happy but i'm not and it makes you feel very powerless but anyways that question of her asking me that and me saying i'm not happy and i here's why it's because i don't feel safe anywhere except for at home with my spouse that's the only place i feel like i can be myself everywhere else I feel on edge. I feel exhausted. I feel overwhelmed. Um, I don't feel like I belong. Even though I had gone through like so much mental health treatment, I still felt like this loneliness. And this is what led me into finally getting diagnosed as being autistic. And that answered so many of my questions. Suddenly it was like, wow, I felt lonely because I've been putting on a mask. I've been putting on a show of who I am and who I think I'm supposed to be. I'm not letting people see the real me. And so even when they express love, I'm not feeling it because the real me is hidden and I don't feel like they know the real me. So when they say that they love me and they care about me, it's really hard to like make that connection and feel that love. Um, I read the book Without the Mask by Charlie Bird and he described it so well as when he was wearing He was um, the mascot for BYU and he was Cosmo the Cougar. And all, all the while while he was Cosmo, like the public didn't know who he was and they didn't know that he was gay. And so people would tell him like, I love you. My son wants to be just like you. I want my son to grow up to be like you. And those compliments would just like bounce off of him because he's like, you don't know that I'm gay. And if you did, you would not say those things. And, that's like really kind of how I felt too is like I was autistic and I was hiding a lot of these parts of me that wanted to be seen but I thought were too shameful or too embarrassing or too childish to be seen so I was hiding them and because I was hiding those parts of myself I just wasn't feeling people's sincere love even when they tried to give it to me so anyways after learning I was autistic. I started the process of trying to unmask and really start seeing myself for the first time in years and allowing other people to see me. And I started feeling like friendship. I started feeling like after being a stay home mom for seven years, that I had like real friends for the first time. I had lots of friends during other times too, and they were wonderful people and they meant a lot to me, but like, I hadn't been able to show my heart to people throughout most of that time, not because of them, but because of me, I wasn't aware of what I was hiding. Anyways, during that process, I started also feeling like, okay, I'm in a mental place now where I can start thinking about that same sex attraction I was experiencing. It was causing me so much anxiety and OCD spiraling. The thing is, OCD is so tricky. So a lot of people, um, whether they're straight or gay or bi or whatever, OCD will make you question anything that's important to you. So for some people that means that they start questioning their own sexual orientation. And that's kind of what I thought was happening with me is like, okay, this is just attacking this because like my marriage is important to me and it's trying to trick me into thinking that I'm maybe not straight, whatever. I didn't know at the time. All I knew was I was extremely anxious and bothered by it. But after working through all of that, I was able to like experience those feelings without all the shame and OCD stuff attached. And I realized, okay, the same sex attraction has been real all along. And my interest in like gay couples has been real and my, My, you know, interest towards um, lesbian couples has been real, but now I'm in a place where I can say like, that's okay. Those are just feelings. They're not going to like ruin my life because the thing is with OCD, one thing leads to another, your, your thoughts just spiral out of control. There's no disconnect between like a thought and like your actions. It's like, okay, if I think this is going to happen, but now I was in a place where I could say, okay, I'm allowed to think, have thoughts and feelings and to accept them, and to sit with them, and recognize them, and from there decide what to do, and to act according to my own personal values. And I love my marriage. I love my family. I love my faith. And so for me, there was suddenly this place of safety of like, I'm allowed to recognize and acknowledge my same-sex attraction. And I'm also allowed to choose to continue to honor that are important to me like my marriage and my faith and before with my ocd mindset um where everything was very black and white that's very common for ocd people who struggle with ocd i just couldn't imagine there being anything between like no gray area um it was like black or white and now i had this new perspective after going through all that therapy of seeing that those things could coexist i could be a human who experienced attractions that were out of my control who experienced thoughts and feelings that were out of my control i wasn't choosing them they were just coming to me and i could i could observe them and be curious about them and then i could choose to act in the way that i wanted to act and that was life-altering for me that taught me so much about faith in the savior jesus christ that space between experiencing humanness Experiencing messy feelings and emotions and confusing experiences or or doubts or fears, and allowing those to exist, and then choosing to act in faith and trust, trust in the Lord and trust in yourself. Like that's a really beautiful place to be, I think. So, anyways, here I am. I'm navigating, um, being a member of the church, being autistic, and trying to be more open about that and allow myself to unmask. I'm trying to also be more open about my orientation, that um, it's not something shameful that I have to hide because it doesn't define who I am. It's just a part of my my human experience. By accepting a label as queer or as gay, I accept that this is part of my human experience and that it allows me to connect with people more meaningfully because vulnerability creates space for connection. It creates space for me to come to the Savior wholeheartedly and to to allow him to see me as I am. He already knows me as I am. But when I can see myself as I am and bring myself to him, beautiful things happen. Miracles happen in that space for me. So here I am creating this podcast, taking a step into the unknown, (laughs) just like I learned in my OCD therapy. Embrace uncertainty and step into that fear. I'm stepping into an unknown space right now, and I'm so glad you're here with me. This is a step of faith for me. And I hope that in this podcast, we learn about empathy. We explore new perspectives. We hear different people's stories. I'll share more more in-depth accounts of my experiences. And let's just create a space here where we learn together. We feel together. And ultimately, I hope that this helps us create more safe spaces. Because I don't, I'm don't, i not a believer that everybody needs to believe what I believe. I don't think that everyone needs to agree with me. I don't think that everybody needs to be a member of the church I'm a part of. No, I don't believe that. But what I believe is that anybody who wants to be a part of this church should feel welcome. Because if we truly believe that everyone is a child of God, and that the Savior loves all of us, and that our worth is unchanging... Then I think everybody who steps into the doors of a church building should feel that way. They should feel a complete acceptance of, we're so glad you're here. That's how I feel right now. I am so glad you're here. Welcome to this podcast. All opinions expressed in this podcast are my own. I do not represent the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. I hope you enjoyed listening today. And you know what? Instead of saying, have a great day, I'm going to say, have a day. It might be a good one. It might not. And that's okay. Keep growing. Keep loving yourself. You've got this.